0: Welcome to the Grace for This City podcast. We're helping you turn your cities upside down. Hey, I'm your host, Justin Goff. Stay tuned. We got a great show for you today. Good morning, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. This is the Grace for This City podcast. And hey, we are helping you turn cities upside down. How are we doing that? Well, we're giving you scriptural motivation and strategies to help you get out there and get some stuff done for King Jesus. That's right. Listen, maybe you don't know him. Don't delay, friends. Accept Jesus today. He's got a plan for you. And you're going to hear about that today on today's episode. Before we get into that, we got a gift for you. That's right. We want to mail you a CD at no charge. Hallelujah. Maybe you or somebody you know, you're you're thinking, yeah, that'd be a great gift. It would really strengthen and encourage them. It might even motivate them. Hallelujah. This one right here is uh, Don't Doubt. This was a great episode talking about the fact that we are actually called believers. That's what we do. That's our job description. We believe the word of the Lord. So if you or you know somebody that would love to have this We'd love to mail it to you at no charge. Send us an email at hello at gracecitychurch.tv. That's hello at gracecitychurch.tv, and we'll get it right out to you. All right, praise the Lord. Also, I want to invite you to participate in something. We've got a project going on. We're calling it the Studio Project. Here at our campus, we've got a facility that the Lord told us to put some studio sets in. And so we believe we can fit three of them. In there. That's right. Three studios. If you're watching me now, you can see our podcast studio that we currently have. If we move it over to that other facility, we can expand it a little bit and do some other things uh, to it. And then also, we can uh, put in I don't know what the, it's technically called. I'm calling it interview style, where there's like a couch and a chair, have some guests. We can fit that studio in there. And then, lastly, uh, the Lord put on our heart to start doing what we're calling Equippers Academy and Equippers University. If you're watching me now, you can see the graphic of the studio sets right there. So the third one, bottom right on your screen, that's what—that's uh, where the Equippers Academy and Equippers University is going to be. It's kind of like a headshot with a desk, more educational maybe feel to it, a little more uh, university feel to it. But uh, we can help people go from the milk of the word all the way to the meat of the word, where they're in that, what is it, Hebrews 5 where they're in that by reason of use, their spiritual senses are being matured and they're seeing demonstrations. Hallelujah. So we're inviting you to participate in that. Help us accomplish that vision. Several ways you can do that. You can go to our website, gracecitychurch.tv forward slash give. And in the uh, drop down menu there, uh, select the studio project. If you want to know a little more about that, reach out to us. You can send us an email at hello at tv, and we'll give you some more info about that project. But I thank you in advance. You are making it possible, friends, for us to enlarge this global family. And uh, the, the Lord told us to simply get the word out there. And that's what we do. We teach the word. Hallelujah. And with that, let's jump right into our episode Today, if you haven't caught up with us, you need to go back and listen to the last two podcasts, On Purpose Part 1, Part 2. Today will be On Purpose Part 3. And we may wrap it up today. But I want to jump in, and I want to talk about the difference between purpose and potential. And before we get into some of the meat of that, let's recap really quick. And a couple verses that really uh, stand out to me. I mean, very impactful and the first one is Jeremiah chapter 1. If you got your Bibles on, on your phone, you got an actual Bible there with you, turn to Jeremiah chapter 1 with me, and let's look at this. This is, this is so key. Uh, this is foundational. This is uh, principle, bedrock principle here of, of, of why you're here. You know, I've said this for years, that you may have been a surprise to your parents, but you were not a surprise to the Lord Jesus Christ. You were not a surprise to the Heavenly Father. You've been seated into the earth, friends. And uh, you are born on purpose. You were born on purpose with purpose destined on the inside of you. Where, where do we derive that from the scriptures? Well, here's one place. I'm going to show you several, but here's one. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5. Watch this. Uh, let's see. Well, look, look, look at verse 4. Here, here was Jeremiah when he actually got hold of this revelation. He says, Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Verse 5, Jeremiah 1, 5. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Listen, nobody gets here without God knowing about it, okay? Everybody was in the heart and mind of God before they were placed into the earth, seated into the earth. Here we find out that God knew about us. He had thought about us. He planned, formed, created, uh, spoke forth, and then maneuvered us, into the earth, he says, "I knew you before you were even in your mother's womb." Watch this. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. I think one translation says, "I called you." That's that's not a summoning; that is a judgment. I I called you. Remember, he revealed to our father the uh, the the our uh, father Abraham, the patriarch of the household of faith, revealed to him in in uh, Romans that this is how god works he says i call things that are not as though they were so this is what we find out is that god has already predestined this uh now predestination is kind of a funny term there's some people that take that way off into extremes uh and we don't do that we balance it with uh, scriptures harmonization of scripture where we find out how, how that mystery of that principle works and while we're predestined, just like you and I, if you have children, I have children. um, You were a child. Okay. Your parents know this. If you, if you haven't quite discovered this, you have plans for your kids, but you find out they have a free will. Well, that's, that's the way the heavenly father created us. We have a free will. He puts something on the inside of us, but yet you and I can choose to disregard it. Predestination isn't an automatic, but it is his will that sometimes we fall short of. Now we have an enemy and temptation and there's resistance to us discovering his will and then obeying that walking that out but nonetheless if we press in we can find it and walk it out and be called faithful servant all right so right here we find out that he didn't just summons us he had called us he ordained us he ordains us here in jeremiah's case he was ordained a prophet. All this happened before he was born. It was up to Jeremiah to discover this and then yield to it. All right, now go to Psalm 139. And this is absolutely fascinating. Oh, I love this revelation here. Here is, of course, uh, King David. At some point, he came to the knowledge of this mystery. And he says here, he says in verse 14, Psalm 139, 14, he says, I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. He says, marvelous are your works. He, he, he's, he, he's thanking the Heavenly Father for this life that he's living. He says, my frame was not hidden from you. Uh, let's see, frame. Yeah, in the margin of my Bible, it's translated bones. My bones were not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance. Verse 16, this is so powerful. Your eyes, he's talking about the heavenly father. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. And in your book, uh, they were all written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. Now, if you look, look that up in various translations, you'll find out that all the days of David's life had been written down in a book all of its future, all the future days. Listen, our days are ordained. They're already mapped out. They're already numbered. And uh, this is God's perfect plan for us. Although some of us, um, you know, are discovering how to get into the middle of his perfect plan. Some people, unfortunately, live just in his permissive will and fall short of the ultimate plan that he has for them. But not you and I, friends. We're going to absolutely locate the knowledge of his plan and we're going to yield ourselves to it we're going to be obedient and we're going to walk out what he has for us but here david said all the days of my life were already written down god's got you know for lack of a better better way of saying it, is a diary of sorts like there is this blueprint book of our lives that has every day and this is god's perfect will we know that he's the beginning and the end and what god does is he, is he goes all the way we find this out in Isaiah, he goes all the way to the end and he establishes the destination, then comes back to where you and I are and says, Hey, follow me. It's up to us to drop everything and follow him, or we'll continue on this trajectory of being off center. Now the last verse that I want to show you, and I I think I'm gonna look it up here real quick in the amplified. Uh so let, let me get that really quick. And you can turn there. That's Ephesians chapter two, verse ten. Let's look at this in the amplified. Oh, this is absolutely fascinating here. The Amplified Classic Bible of Ephesians 2.10 says this, we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship. Remember that uh, passage, and it's a song, uh, concept about he is the potter, we are the clay. So this this is what's happening here. He has shaped us, formed us. Now, the way you are currently, if you're living in sin, friend, he didn't shape that. Okay, that's the reality of man's rejection of God, the rejection of the glory, uh, disobedience, sin, the fall of man. Now we're spiritually dead. We're in, if you're spiritually dead, you're not on track. You need to get born again. Then you wake up to the knowledge of his plans and then you can get on track and begin to walk that out. But here we see that the idea is that God has formed and fashioned this perfect life for us if we'll discover it. It goes on to say that we were recreated in Christ Jesus. So now he's talking about the born-again person, the person that's become regenerate, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew, watch this, that we may do those good works. There was no way you would walk that perfect plan out being uh in darkness or bound under sin. You you fell from grace. Uh and how great was that fall, friends. Um but once we become born again now Christ on the inside, He's empowered us now to walk out that blueprint. So here He says, "Recreating Christ, born anew, that we should do those good works which God." Here we go. Predestined. Now you are not little robots. He's not making you. If He was going to make you do anything, He would make you except Jesus Christ, and nobody made you except Jesus. You were drawn to Him by His love, but nobody made you. Or He would have made made you do that a long time ago, way before you actually did. But here, predestined or planned beforehand. These are all of our days written in the book. And God planned this out for us. He said that we should take these paths, which he prepared ahead of time, that we should walk in them, living the good life, which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. Now, we are waking up to that. We are discovering that. Um, some of this is hidden, but this is how Bible mysteries works. Uh, Bible mysteries work; they're hidden things, but they're not hidden from us. They're hidden for us. And so, this uh, destiny, this purpose, this calling, this ordination, if you will, that we have been seeded into the earth with, God's drawing us or attempting to draw our attention to that, so we can say yes to it. We can put our agreement. With it, we can become willing and then obedient to it. And again, like I mentioned earlier, we'll walk them. Uh, we'll walk those roads. We'll walk those paths which he pre-planned. And then at the end, when we reach the end, he'll say, "Well done, good and faithful servant." And the whole time, you and I are just enjoying this. It's the time of our life. This is what we were created to do. It's what we were born for. Now, something that works against this. Um, and again, today I don't want to be like the word. So I want you to hear this. Um, uh, I want you to listen for the principle. Uh, get the spirit of life in what I'm saying, because I'm going to draw some very uh, hard lines, But um, and it, or it may appear very contrasted. Um, and I'm going to use the concepts of purpose and pit it against potential. Now, the, the idea and the concept of potential isn't all bad, but I think if you'll hear what the Spirit of the Lord is trying to tell you today, you're going to get some really, um, you're going to be really being encouraged, motivated. Something's going to be imparted into you today to get on track. So, um, there is the difference that you and I must learn, uh, the difference between purpose and potential. If we spend all of our time chasing and developing potential, potential, then what may happen is we'll be good uh, at a lot of things, but yet will be judged idle nonetheless. Now, if you don't understand that, you need to go back and uh, watch and listen part one and part two. But here we found out in Matthew that Jesus judged these people uh, who had not come to work for him in the field. He had judged them idle. And we said, wow, Jesus, well, that's a little bit mean. Why are you telling these people You know, as they're standing around, You know, this is what most people think. They're standing around, they're doing nothing. Those were the ones that Jesus judged idle. Actually, no, we found out that idleness isn't necessarily inactivity or no activity. Idleness is purposeless activity. There's a lot of busy people. They're just doing a lot of things, but it's off of purpose. It's not the thing they were created to do. Yeah, they're active. Yes, they're busy, But they're not in God's perfect will. They're in uh, less stages of that, maybe permissive, maybe not even close. I mean, maybe they're way off, but yet they're busy and active and maybe even doing good things. But you can be doing, quote, good things and still not be right in the middle of God's plan for your life. Now, this is what I'm challenging you with, is getting in the middle of God's plan for your life, not being off over here even one or two degrees off listen being one degree off in the short run it may not seem that that bad but you stay on that trajectory year after year after year and eventually you're going to be miles you're going to be continents off course hallelujah you want to stay constantly making adjustments staying right in the middle of what god has for you so this is where we bring bringing that thought in so you go back and listen to part one part two you'll find out that um idleness is purposeless activity. So we don't want to just be good at a lot of things and be judged idle. We want to be right in the middle and to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. You've heard that phrase, jack of all trades, master of none. Again, I don't want to be the word police today, but I want you to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying to this generation. And I'm sounding the alarm because never before in history, has a whole generation had total access to the knowledge of anything and everything. I mean, you can get on the internet and you can find out everything about anything. This is the classic case for so many people of curiosity killed the cat. Like, um, you know, my wife and I were youth pastors for 11 years and, uh, you know, worked with youth uh, longer than that but we had the privilege and honor of leading a youth ministry uh, and the various activities that were associated with that for 11 years and we saw a lot of things and there was kind of this idea you know i met with a lot of parents you know i'm thinking of a situation right now that actually ended kind of sour because i was i was so disappointed in this paradigm that this parent had and uh i'll I'll share it with you but 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 that really solidified this observation that i was picking up on over several years and it was like a lot of people think that the teen years in particularly that they're experimental years and I had this situation with this particular parent and that's literally I mean they didn't use that exact word but that's basically what they were saying like they were totally okay with their child just getting into all kinds of stuff because their paradigm was hey this is the time for them to explore Experiment. I don't think they used the word experiment. They may have used the word explore, but whatever words they were using, that was their paradigm. And we were watching this child just get wrecked. I mean, messed up. One heartbreak after another, one disappointment after another. But yet the parents were championing that that's what these years were for. Go out here and just dibble dabble and and experiment and explore. And, you know, you'll find out what not to do wow Uh, okay i mean i get it i i mean i get the attempt here but i come to understand that wow there was generations that were being raised up with just this idea of hey just go 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 try and test everything and eventually you'll land on something i don't believe that friends uh i don't believe that Teen years in particularly, I mean, we're talking like from 12 on forward, are not experiment years. In fact, if anything, they could be a season of dedication to the Lord, a, a, a period of time of total consecration. Uh, you, know, you know, fasting as a concept, a fasted lifestyle, I'm not talking about once every 10 years you decide that you won't eat lunch. I'm talking about a fasted lifestyle is extremely sacrificial. In fact, our whole Christian walk is one of giving up everything for him. Remember, Jesus said, if anybody wants to put their hand to the plow, they can't look back. If they look back, then they're of no good to the kingdom. Several passages in the New Testament invitations went out. Everybody had excuses, and Jesus said, they're not worthy. They're not worthy. People say, I got to go bury my dad. Jesus said, you're not worthy. Listen, when he calls, you got to drop everything. Sometimes if you haven't heard the calling, you've got to drop everything and get silent in order to hear the still small voice. And sometimes people think their teen years are just go and it's loud and it's boisterous and experimental. and, And you wonder why people coming into their adulting have so much baggage in their life. Hallelujah. Oh my goodness. Now, you know, I don't want to create a firestorm of controversy here, but, uh, you know, this is why, uh, you know, we developed a, a teaching on relationships called Faith for One. And this is what we would say this is not a no dating teaching, although it did kind of resist the traditional concept of dating, but we would say this is not a no dating teaching this is actually a teaching that is uh, 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 building a platform in which young people can honor marriage. You know, a lot of people uh, during their teen years, marriage wasn't even on the radar, but yet they were play acting as if they were married. And then getting into emotional things, physical things, you know, eight times in the book of Song of Solomon, it says, do not awaken love until it's time. But yet you had teenagers that are awakening their physical bodies, their hormones. I mean, they were practicing. They were practicing. You, you understand what I'm saying? Way before it was time. That concept. You know, I just I applied a paradigm to something that a lot of these young people were facing like relationships, but we applied the same principle paradigm to this whole period of time that listen this is not the time for you to just go do whatever you want to do you know they say i'm just sowing you know sowing my wild oats or whatever that old phrase is there i don't even know is that even appropriate to say i don't don't even know i've never researched that phrase but you get the concept of what i'm saying listen if that's the way you live then you're going to be miles off of purpose like when is it appropriate to suddenly go yeah you know what i think i should probably dial in here and dial in as soon as possible so that I'm not having to unlearn or backtrack or get healed, come on, from being abused by the enemy because I was out of where my protection was, my blessing was, the grace is, the anointing is. I don't think people even think about that. I don't think people realize how dangerous it is to be out from under the place the grace and the anointing that God has for you and uh so I I push back on that concept uh I think it's totally inappropriate to tell anybody whether they're older or younger but in particularly young children that you know you've got 30 years to just play around before you have to get serious Uh, Samuel was called. Remember Samuel in the book? He heard the call. And in those days, the word of the Lord was rare. Yet a child heard the call, heard the call. In fact, before Samuel, Samuel's mom heard the call, heard the call, heard the call. She understood this child would be born with a purpose. She heard it. And then she dedicated, come on, the child to the call. Like for so many people, this is a foreign concept. Now, you're listening to me, and uh, you're probably like, wow, yeah, that, that, was, that was foreign in our house. I've never heard that be- before. Well, don't fear, friends, because there's a supernatural, miraculous happening called redeeming time that can happen for you. What I'm pushing back on, though, is when uh, parents or educators or people responsible, you know, the Bible talks about those who watch over souls, right? We got leaders, we got spiritual people. This is secular, spiritual, whatever. People watching over people's souls, helping them out, right? Being accountable, being uh, mentors, uh, guides, you know, places of wisdom. What I'm talking about is when this is devoid in the conversation and the idea is like, hey, just go out here and do whatever you want. And, you know, some maybe somewhere you'll figure out what you're good at and you'll just wind up doing a thing that makes money. Most people aren't even choosing purpose. They are leaning towards whatever they possibly can do that generates the most income. And so there's some learned behaviors. This is where potential comes into play because somebody says, Hey, you're pretty good at that. You might be able to make a living doing that. Okay. Okay. They may or may not be right in the middle of God's plan for them. I mean, story after story, after story, after story, after story, after story, dozens of stories, hundreds of stories, thousands of stories, of people that have come to Christ and realized, hey, he's got this for me. And it was in a 180 direction from where they were going. That that is not an uncommon situation, extremely common. But again, what goes into effect when people wake up to the Lord and they actually give themselves to them, like when they hear follow me. When they when they hear the call, follow me, follow me. Remember Jesus went and he Recognize different ones. He's going out and he's saying, Hey, will you come work for me? Will you come work for me? Then you drop whatever you were doing and you enter into your purpose. Now, it may or may not be associated with some skills or abilities that you had. Some people as children uh began to move in those giftings and callings. And then suddenly when they started adulting, they were like, Oh, I gotta make money now. And they had no faith or confidence that the gifts and callings that God put in them would actually be a way that he would provide for them. And so they totally laid those things aside and just picked up whatever the next best-paying job is. And now they don't like their job. Yeah, because you're piercing yourself through with many sorrows because the love of money caused you to stray from the faith. These are concepts, maybe difficult ones, but yet ones that you and I wrestle with. But I'm telling you, he said. In um, we looked at this in the first two episodes, first two sessions, first two parts. We looked at Jeremiah six, and he says, "If if you'll locate the old way, the old way, he said, there you'll find rest for your souls." What? And we talked that he was referring to the work that I've called you into. It's an old work, but I but I've called you into your place in it in the time in which you were born. Once you locate the purpose here. Once you locate your place in what I'm doing, that's, that's what Jesus was telling them in Matthew. I'm calling you into my work, but I'm, I'm giving you information about your place in it. And he said in Jeremiah 6, right there is where you'll find rest for your souls. You're not going to find rest just making more money. Rest doesn't come in just expressing your talent. Rest comes in locating your purpose. You're actually doing what he called you to do. Now, again, not being word police, there's, there's some place for exploration. Once you locate like the boundaries of, of your grace, then you begin to explore how you can hustle within those parameters. Um, but, but what I'm talking about is generations, a generation, a couple generations, people that are on the earth right 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 now. So the, what I meant to say, is, it's not just a young person's problem. It's not just an old person's problem it's, it's people living on the earth right now. You're within the time frame that you should be locating your work, but yet they're growing up with this idea of, I just got to pursue potential potential. You know, I'm good at this. I'm good at that. I'm good at this. I'm good at that. Um, maybe I should paint. Maybe I should draw. Maybe I should be a mechanic. Maybe I should be a doctor. Maybe I should uh, be an accountant. Maybe I should do this or this or this, and, and but you don't know. All right. That's what I'm talking about. And, but once you begin to Realize what it is that you're called to do. That's where exploration can come in because you start finding out. Hey, there! This grace is powerful. This anointing is powerful. Let me work it. Hallelujah. Now, if if you're not in that camp, then we're going to talk about redeeming time for you. Now, if you're taking notes, listen to this. Purpose is that which was imparted into you before you were placed in the earth purpose is the thing the place and the time you were created for Uh, we read Jeremiah 1 5 that was in my notes but we started with that again that's where God said I've ordained you or I've purposed you to be a prophet purpose is the answer to the Lord's prayer your will be done on earth as it is in heaven purpose is Listen to this, purpose is not my will. Justin, my purpose, I'll locate my purpose when I come to accept the Lord's Prayer and say, not my will, but your will be done. When I get to that place right there, then I'm on track to locate my purpose or his purpose for me, my place in what he's doing. Hallelujah. Again, the enemy's greatest strategy uh, is, uh, uh, excuse me, the enemy's greatest strategy of distracting you away from your purpose and place is to distract you with potential. Now, listen to these three uh, thoughts on potential. Again, not trying to be the word police and not trying to uh, get this over into exaggeration, but but listen to the, the spirit of what I'm saying here. Potential moves you into random. Potential moves you into random. Potential is the vast ocean of possibilities that becomes the anything but purpose substitute so number 1 potential can move you into random purpose dials you in potential can move you into random potential is the vast ocean of possibility that becomes the anything but purpose substitute listen you don't want to substitute purpose for the for just the you know how to pay the bills When you locate your purpose, I'm telling you, you'll be supernaturally graced to be sustained. And then number three, potential invests everything into what could be rather than what should be. uh, Potential invests everything into what could be rather than what should be. Listen, friends, we cannot remain focused upon potential and discover purpose. We must define purpose as a pathway that is constricted and increasingly narrowing. We have to define purpose as a narrow gateway that is constricted. You know, think about people who were called, I'm just thinking of this just now, like Samson, you know, there's this thing called the Nazarite vow that he took. Well, all of us, in effect, kind of take a Nazirite vow. There are requirements associated with our calling, with the anointing, that is restrictive. And again, if you just want to go explore and do everything and anything and follow the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, I'm not saying it's all sexual, it can't include that, but we're just talking about you just want to explore everything natural, you may miss the thing that God has for you. If you're too distracted with natural things, you may not be focused on the thing that you're supposed to be doing. So we have to define purpose as that pathway. It's constricted and it is increasingly narrowing. It is a gateway, though, that opens up to the reason for our existence. We find purpose so that we can produce purpose. We are locating our purpose so that we can produce the fruits of it. Again, I want to caution us. Um, I I think I mentioned this maybe in uh, part one, but I want to caution us against the uh, against the spirit of modernism. Spirit of modernism dishonors the past, and if we cut ourselves off from locating the work that God's been doing, this is it's an old work, and there's people that we are associated with. John four, he places us into the labors of others. You got to have an open heart a little bit to those who have come before you. I mean, not a little bit, a lot of it. You got to have an open heart because you're in a trajectory, friends. He's calling you into work that's been going on since morning. You know, you're in the uh, 11th hour. You're in the final moments, and this is the wrap-up season. This is the finishing work, and we are not going to screw this thing up. Somebody else started it. Somebody else came in. Others have come in. Others have come in. You and I are entering into the labors of others. Modernism, the spirit of it, is very devilish. It will tempt us to disregard anything of the past and cause us to think that everything starts afresh with you and I this is where entitlement comes from uh no friends that is a devilish strategy listen if we dishonor the past we'll never realize and even begin on our pathway of purpose we definitely will never finish let me close with a couple thoughts here think about this Isaac wasn't born just because Abraham simply wanted children (laughs) no you understand that Abraham and Sarah both were unable to have children, and, but yet there was a purpose. Oh, I'm telling you, purpose brings about supernatural realities in your life as well, friends. So listen, Isaac wasn't just born just because Abraham wanted children. No, no, no. Purpose. There was purpose and supernatural miracles to substantiate entering into that purpose. Hallelujah. King David didn't become king just because he fancied wearing kingly robes or a crown purpose friends there was a purpose remember the prophetic jesus will sit upon the throne of david david's throne will be established forever listen these are these are purpose related through the ages hallelujah joseph come on didn't just marry mary just because she was the hottest girl in town purpose friends purpose what about isaac and rebecca purpose friends purpose. Everything is done with purpose in mind. Peter, remember the apostle Peter, uh, the apostle Peter in the New Testament? He didn't just become an apostle because it was a cool title and it only cost him $75. Purpose, friends. Purpose. He was called, destined. He heard, follow me. Come work for me. And he yielded. He could have rejected it. He could have thought, "Now I'm going to stay out here fishing. Jesus said, hey, look, you're close. You're close. But he said, I'm going to make an adjustment. You're going to fish for men now. Hallelujah. What about Paul? What happened to Paul? I mean, Paul himself. I mean, Paul. Remember the apostle Paul. He encountered purpose himself. And you know what God told him on his Damascus Road experience? He said, Paul, come on, brother. Stop kicking against purpose oh hallelujah friends i believe you're going to stop kicking against it and you're going to start yielding to it now there still may be a little bit of a process of discovery let me give you one tip let me give you one hint and it's found uh let me see here let's turn there oh let's see let's see is it, uh, I got to find it first. Here we go. Uh, we're talking about how to get in there and uh, start locating purpose. You're saying, okay, all right, I'm tired of kicking against the ghost. What do I do? Well, we're going to set our heart in agreement. Right here. Ephesians chapter 5, verse, uh, duh, 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 duh. let's start in verse 15. Hallelujah. He says this, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Verse 17, Do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is, specifically for you. So how do you do that? Here it is right here. Verse 18, And do not be drunk with wine. Stop partying, friends. Wasting, playing, exploring, experimenting. You're just going to hurt yourself. He says, do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord and giving thanks. Listen, when you give yourself to focusing on him, you start praying in the Holy Ghost, and and you start singing, oh, Father, we worship you. Oh, we worship you. And you begin to make a melody. Listen, something supernatural begins to take place the knowledge of his will starts to rise up on the inside of you and listen soon soon if you'll dedicate yourself to that right there soon the knowledge of his will begin will begin to light up on your mind you will have knowledge of what you need to change rearrange stop doing and or start doing friends that's how you begin right there hallelujah oh we thank the lord for it listen if we can help you uh by praying for you you can reach out to us If you want somebody to talk to you on the phone, call us 870-741-9099. Leave a message. Somebody will get right back with you. Or you can send us an email at hello at gracecitychurch.tv. We'll send it to our prayer team. They'll start praying for you, friends. But listen, you can begin the move in this right now on your own. We can just come in, support you, believe with you, champion you. But listen, this is for you, friends. The knowledge of his will is for you. You. Thank you so much for joining me. This has been the Grace for This City podcast. And until next time, be blessed.